never admit that I was wrong, but of course I wasn't going to be right there. It was negative 32 with the wind chill. Wasn't even humane that the dolphins were subjected to those conditions, Ian. Not even humane. You weren't wrong about Browns, Texans? Take the Browns? I I wasn't right, per se. You weren't wrong with Packers, Cowboys? I wasn't totally right. (laughs) It's either right or wrong. These are yes or no's. But anyway... (laughs) Our next guest is going to figure out quickly that she's uh, that Amber is an attorney, and it's not it's not in her DNA to admit that she is wrong. Ever. Well, I wasn't I wasn't uh, so much out on the Packers. I was just a little too in on the Cowboys, is how that one turned out. But I should have been far more Lawyering. in on the Green Bay Packers. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance because it's been an incredible season here down the stretch for the Green Bay Packers. What we knew that they had in Jordan Love here in his first full season as a starter and Packers fans have to feel great as they head to the divisional round, getting it done in that fashion and embarrassing the Dallas Cowboys. Let's bring in some help with this conversation. Mark Tauscher, ESPN Milwaukee, former Packers O-lineman joining us. Mark, thanks so much for your time. Let's just start with Jordan Love. I mean, what has impressed you most about Jordan Love this season? Well, I think, you know, the, there's a few things. Obviously, he came in with uh, big shoes to fill, and everybody all offseason talked about his poise, his leadership. But there was, you know, reports just watching him practice that accuracy was always going to be the big issue. He, he has all the skills. He has the big arm. He's a first-round pick. And the beginning of the season, that's kind of how it played out. He was inconsistent, but he was not accurate with the football. He was kind of hovering around that mid 50 range and then all of a sudden I think we you know when you talk to Matt LaFleur and when you kind of just listen to everything that comes out of Green Bay that Pittsburgh Steeler game when Green Bay went up there and we ended up getting beat but it just looked different there was a trust let it rip and all of a sudden Jordan Love from that point forward his confidence grew and you could just see his decision making and the fact that he would let it rip and he would start making throws and since then uh, you know, since that Thanksgiving Day game against the Detroit Lions, I don't think there has been a better quarterback statistically, and I don't know if you'd find anyone that would tell you there's a better quarterback in the NFL who's played than what Jordan Love has done since Thanksgiving. He's just been fantastic, and I think a big part of it is the confidence that he's grown from, but he is just playing fantastic, and he just keeps stacking it on top of each other with that young receiving crew, and now this offense is absolutely humming. Tausch, you're a Super Bowl champion. You're in the Packer Hall of Fame, and your team just went down into Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, and absolutely bludgeoned, embarrassed, stripped the Dallas Cowboys of their manhood in their building. As a former player, and you always hear about the Cowboys, 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 what's that like to watch that happen? Because you've done it, and then you just watched it yet again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think any time... You know, professional athletes can have a slight, and it's actually a justified slight. You know, there's plenty of guys that will make things up. But you looked around, and Green Bay was not expected to do anything this year. It was, how can this young team grow so that in the next couple of years, they'd be a viable playoff contender? And then something flipped. And to be able to go down to Dallas, where everybody was picking them. And by the way, Dallas deserved to to be the favorite. They had not lost in 16 games. Their offense looked unstoppable and our defense was very suspect i mean bryce young threw for 340 yards or whatever it was and carolina put up 30 
and they didn't score another point the end of the, the rest of the season. So there were question marks, no, uh, no doubt. And the big surprise to me watching, uh, our offensive line has gotten really good. That, that grew when Elton Jenkins got back to being healthy and playing at that Pro Bowl, all-pro level. I think that really kind of helped spark things. And then the young tackles have really emerged as good football players. And then when Aaron Jones got back, the offense kind of took off. So I was not surprised that the Green Bay Packers offense had a really good day against Green Bay's or against Dallas's defense. The thing that was surprising was Dallas at home has been so tough and Green Bay's defense has been very, you know, suspect. The fact that they were able to get off the field, create turnovers and score points. Uh, that was the part that was the big surprise to me. And I think most Packer fans looked at it and said, now if the defense can do this and this offense is doing what it's doing, we're a dangerous football team. Mark Tauscher joining us here on Amber and Ian. So Jordan Love, Mark, he's got the protection. He's got the running game. He's got the confidence now. He also had a few years that he was sitting behind a dude named Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts? Do you feel like this is a testament or proof that guys, when they come into the league at that position, would be best served sitting for a few years? I don't think there's any question. You saw the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. The the problem is, you have to have the Hall of Fame quarterback in place to start this program, and then you have to have an ownership group that's not going to panic and say, you need to get this young guy in there. And unfortunately or fortunately for us, we have both of those things. We've had those for now 30-plus years, and it looks as if you know Jordan Love is going to be the next guy because what we've seen, it's always going to be easier. I think the biggest thing that people have to understand about coming from college to the pro is that confidence because – you're in college, and if you're really good, you can you can dominate players, and it, it's no big deal. You're playing against these guys every week, and your confidence will get shook. How you bounce back from that is kind of that next thing. And when you can sit and learn and understand and see how does this guy lead, how does this guy handle this, how does he prepare, all of those things are added on. Because I think if Jordan Love got thrown into the mix in year one or year two, uh, there's not a doubt in my mind he would not be where he is now success-wise. Now, the fact that you're able to sit three years and get all those reps, learn the system, understand what is expected of you, you can go out and play, that is, a, that is such a strong part of how you can grow. And Jordan Love was afforded that, and a lot of guys aren't, and that's why I think you see the success Green Bay's had. Plus, I think Jordan Love is really good. He's a first-round talent, and you let all of that kind of combine itself you get in a position where Green Bay is. You won a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy as your head coach. What did you see from him, not just yesterday and his team getting rocked by your, your team in the Green Bay Packers, but also his future as a head coach for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, you just with Jerry, you just never know. And I, was, I caught a little bit of your guys' stuff right before. Uh, you just don't know how quick he's going to be to react. Obviously, Mike came down there, and he took – you know, a big step this year to take the offense over. And the offense was much better down in Dallas. Now, unfortunately, Dak Prescott is, you know, you, you, can, you can always change coaches. That's an easy fix. Whether or not that's going to – is that going to solve Dak's uh, playoff problems? Dak had his best season as a pro with Mike. So I don't know what Jerry's going to do. I hope for Mike's sake that he gets another look at it because I think he's built something really, you know, a regular season juggernaut down in Dallas, but that's not what they're looking for. So – He's got, I think, one year left on his deal. I don't know what Dallas is going to do, but I think I'd be very bewared if you're going to continue with Dak Prescott. Is it going to get a lot better if you bring a different coach in, especially next year? 
I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think Mike McCarthy has proven himself as a very good NFL uh, football coach. I think the problem might be that it's harder to find elite quarterbacks than it is coaches, it seems, anyways, in the National Football League, although I don't know if, if Dak is considered elite right now coming off of that loss. Mark Tauscher, ESPN, uh, Milwaukee, former Packers O-lineman, of course, joining us here. Finally here, Matt LaFleur, he made a comment on Sunday that his team has a quote-unquote different energy. He said it's a lot more fun to come to work. Could that have been a shot at Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you know, they've been very cautious of not they've, – they've said a lot, but they will not, you know, ever really say it out front and be really blunt about it. But there is no doubt. I think, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a great player for a long time with the Green Bay Packers. But I think the time was right. I think the coaching staff and everybody just wanted to kind of get things back. And now Matt LaFleur, I think, is really excited in the fact that he's been able to run the offense that he's wanted with all the motion that gave Dallas all kinds of fits yesterday. I think Matt LaFleur and the entire operation just feels great about having a really good young group of players that are just about going out and playing football and not about the off-season stuff and the oxygen that I think the Aaron Rodgers uh, experience was for the last couple seasons. And I think you can just sense it. They've said it. They're not like confirming that they're saying that, but they are saying it. And it's pretty obvious to most of us that cover this team on a regular basis that they feel pretty good about where they're at right now with this young quarterback. Uh, they've got to feel pretty good. I think it's understandable to feel very, very good uh, if you are the Packers and if you are a fan right now of the Packers. I don't know how they do it, Mark, time after time. I mean, I do not know how you're always hitting on a quarterback because goodness knows my Miami yeah. Dolphins has had a heck of a hard time with that over decades. And here you guys are, three, back to back to back. Look at that. Mark Tauscher, you can check him out on ESPN, Milwaukee Super Bowl champ. Thanks, Mark. You got it. Hey, Ian, what do you do with Dak Prescott as the as a resident cowboy? Are you going to keep him? Are you going to pay him another big, fat deal? What are you, you going to do? You know, it's my wife's the cowboy fan. I just happen to live in Dallas. So I'm a diehard boot boy Saints fan. You know that ever my brother's coaching. Uh, like, you got to pay him. I mean, you have to because, as you mentioned, it ain't easy to go find one. So it, it, Dak's not going anywhere, in my opinion. There you go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> listen, Tausch. I used to like this? you. Get out. Hang up on him. <laughs> Goodbye, Tausch. Hugs, kisses. See you guys. See you. Coming up next, what teams do we have the most confidence in coming out of Super Wild Card Weekend? We'll get into that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So understandably, the Steelers and Mike Tomlin 
are very disappointed. Their season is over. It's been another winning season for Mike Timlin. He's put together 17 years of those. But Ian, maybe that doesn't matter. Or maybe at least it doesn't keep all that frustration at bay. Because Mike Tomlin, in his press conference earlier, he was answering questions all normal. And then things changed when Brooke Pryor tried to bring up his contract. Let's first hear Mike Tomlin sound very normal after that loss to the Buffalo Bills. Here is Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach on Josh Allen's athleticism. We talked about quarterback mobility and what he and they are capable of. Um, Probably not the story of the game was the mobility, but the turnover component, you know, got to do better. Mike, what kept you from getting a consistent ground game offensively? Um, Their efforts. Um, they did a really good job of packing the line of scrimmage and you know, forcing us to throw the ball more vertically, probably a little bit more vertically than we wanted to. We adjusted, we started doing that, and we started moving the football. Um, so credit to them. Mike, how much did you feel the loss of not having T.J. Watt out there? You know, I didn't think about it, to be quite honest with you. We knew all week he wasn't playing, and so we prepared with that mindset. And so I didn't waste any time thinking about what, what wasn't at our disposal. Uh, we had too much at our disposal and too many decisions and considerations to be made to waste time like that. How do you think Mason did after throwing that interception? I thought he was solid. I thought he was competitive. I thought his confidence was unshakable. I thought he, you know, displayed the things that he displayed really f- for the last month or so. I think one of those questions was actually from Brooke Pryor during mm-hmm. that montage of questions, and he answered it. He sounded fine. Later, when Brooke Pryor brought up his contract. She started to ask a question. According to her, she tweeted this out or X this out. She said, you have a year left on your contract. And he immediately walked off the podium. Press conference over. That sounded like a very different Mike Tomlin than the one that we just heard from. Mike Tomlin has this look about him. It's very intimidating. But when you're around him, and I've had the privilege of calling a few Steeler games, he's actually very approachable. So when, when you brought this up earlier to our attention, about an hour ago when this happened, I, I was shocked because that's not the Mike Tomlin that we've been around. You know what I mean? He, he is approachable before a game. He is approachable after a game. I mean, I told you the story about you know, doing a, a Steelers-Browns game where if the Jets go to Buffalo and win, Steelers are out of the playoffs. Bills win, and the Steelers are in the playoffs. And I once walked right up to him. It took me a moment to gather the courage to go do it. But then he was, I mean, amicable. Like, look, man, what am I going to do? They're going to have the if, – if, if the Jets are winning, it's going to be on every damn TV and scoreboard in this building. I'm not hiding it from my players. It's going to be on every bar in the city of Cleveland. So, I mean, I mean, he, he's that kind of guy. So when you told me that, that Brooke Pryor asked that question and when she got to the word contract, he left the podium. That That is as untumbling like as I've ever heard or experienced. So uh, that that my first indicate my, the, my first gut feeling was, and it's a big gut, is something's up. Right. You know whether it's what Albert Breer hinted at with us last week from SI.com and MondayMorningQuarterback.com, and Bert is about as tight in as anybody that you know Mike Tomlin might be going the Sean Payton route where. Take a year off, recharge the batteries. He's only 51, right? And uh, jump back in. Yeah, you could take a few years off and recharge the batteries and Hell jump yeah. back in. If you wanted if you to. Wanted to. Uh, so, could, I mean, listen, with the ages of coaches these days, you could take 10 years off and then recharge the batteries and jump back in if you wanted to. But did, don't you get that same impression that, that that doesn't feel, that didn't feel like the Tomlin, 
The Talmud that, that we have come accustomed to over 17 years as the head coach of the Steelers is one that Brooke finishes her question, and then you get a very firm, look, this is about these players, the coaches, the front office, the fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now is not the time to be talking about my contract. Right. My That's my Tomlin. Right. I haven't that you, about that, the future. That you've seen, whatever. we've all seen. Don't mm-hmm. I mean so that's why him leaving the podium before she even finished her question and just heard that word contract, I mean, I, damn near stunned. Yeah, you would normally get the coach speak from yes. him. The short, curt, coach firm. speak, firm, just that's it. You're not going to get anything out of me. We move it along. I'm sure that's frankly probably what Brooke felt like she was going to get. You got to ask the question if you're her. And and what he gave her was better than that in terms of us being able to maybe read the tea leaves a little Great bit. Point. Because Great the point. only reaction that I can imagine is that comes from frustration, right? Otherwise, I don't know why he's walking off set quite literally. Like he's that caught up in whatever that emotion is. And the only one I could decipher would be some sort of frustration. And yes, you're frustrated because of the loss. But again, we just played you a clip that was over a minute long of Mike Tomlin answering every other question that he's being peppered with. So even at that moment, he's frustrated with the loss. He's still doing his job. He's still doing it as a consummate professional because that's what Mike Tomlin is. And I don't have any personal experience. I'm not fancy like Ian Fitzsimmons. I don't have personal experience like Mike Tom- with Mike Tomlin. But I think of Mike Tomlin as a very even keel coach, right? Not too high, not too low. A coach that we get a yep. ton of coach speak from. He's not going to give you much, but he's going to answer everything. He's going to give you his time. He's going to be polite. And there is such a rude element to just walking off. And it was mid-question. It wasn't even no more questions. So I'm not point, answering that. Amber, it was mid-question. She brings it up. He just walks off. To your point, and I, I, I think it's a, a one I hadn't thought of, by walking off, you gave more speculation, more conversation to an entire, not just fan base, but to any NFL fan out there. I said, whoa, 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 what the hell was that? That's not like him. So you, you, you get, there's more chatter about it because he did walk off than what we've always expected from him. And that is a very firm, not the time for that kind of question right now, but by leaving and, and you know, exiting stage left, now it's like, whoa, why do you do that? And that leads to even more conversation. And he knows that. He's a smart coach. He's had 17 winning seasons as the head coach here under his belt. It it makes me wonder, because my initial reaction is that he's being rude, because I hate with like the, the Bill Belichick's of the world and the right I, it's just the curt and the kind of rude factor right. of some of these coaches and the way they talk to the media. I hate that, obviously, as a member of the media. I'm like, be human, man. It's in your I contract to talk it, to but us. Go ahead. Like, come on. <laughs> right. You dig it. I hate it. Whatever. Uh, which is interesting because you've had a lot more experience with it than I have. But maybe he's actually doing her a solid. I'm looking at this like he's being rude to Brooke Pryor, Brooke Pryor here, just walking off in the middle of her question. But if you think about it, he maybe just gave her something that he wouldn't have been able to give her if he had just simply said, I'm not answering that right now, or I'm focused only on today, or I've got to reassess coming off this loss, or whatever the heck. Any coach Now's not the time. That, that's now's what you would normally get from a guy like that. I'm, right. I'm focused on my players. I'm not focused on myself. That's the answer you'd normally get. That's the coach speak, blah, 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 yep. that you'd normally get. And we didn't get that. And we wouldn't hey, be talking about it. We wouldn't be talking right about here. it right now. Yes. A- absolutely right? not. If he had given any answer that was coach speak at all, we would not be talking about it. That's the truth.
By the way, uh, speaking of uh, the truth and answers, uh, the Eagles just answered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, five plays, 75-yard drive, 3.06 to go in the second quarter. They looked like they were asleep and dead men walking right now. Uh, they, they've got some juice because of Devontae Smith. Three catches, 98 yards so far from Jalen Hurts. And da- Jalen Hurts just hit Dallas Goddard in the right corner of the end zone. Touchdown. Now the Tampa Bay leads Philadelphia 16-10. to We got a ball game. Yeah, we got a ball game. The Eagles have woken up. They have come alive. The Bucks still leading the way here, but we will keep you updated on what happens in Tampa Bay as this game rolls on. Coming up next year on Amber and Ian, what should we really make of Mike Tomlin and his future? ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. The greatest thing ever just happened, Ian Fitzsimmons. <laughs> I actually witnessed... The tush push not work. It didn't work. The tush push from the Philadelphia Eagles did not work. They went for two, and the Bucks defense stopped that. Might not have been totally clean. There might have been some hands involved on some face masks. Nevertheless, it didn't work. It didn't work. It's almost breaking news, right? You almost hit the breaking news sounder. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But this way, the micro is the tush push failed for the first time. I've never seen it fail. You've never seen it fail. And, you know, there was a penalty on the extra point, which the Eagles made to cut Tampa Bay's lead to 16 to 10. Uh, so now we got a ball game with a two minute warning uh, in the first half here down in Tampa. 16 9 is your score because they took the point off the board. You go now, uh, you go for two from the one yard line, and you and I are screaming before they get into the tush push. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. 16 to 10, a touchdown, an extra point wins the game. 16 11, how much does that really help you? Doesn't. But as Rachel and Tara pointed out, well, it's a touch push. I mean, they, they believe they can get it every time. Well, yep. you mentioned some hands. They were able to turn Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts sideways. How? By yanking his face mask. Mm hmm. Well, that was and part it of went it. Uncalled. That did appear that did appear to be part of it at the <laughs> right. end of the play. The strategy apparently of spinning Jalen Hurts sideways, that's the move. That's so, the move. Try and get him sideways and at the end make sure he can't go forward by grabbing his face mask. But well, to me, you, you don't chase points early <laughs> in a game to just kick the damn extra point. It makes no sense. And that's not we're not this isn't a cheap second guess. We were saying this before they tried to go for two. I will never understand teams chasing points early in a game. I don't care how great you are getting a fourth and one. Supposed to be foolproof, uh, but apparently it is not. Not even the tush push foolproof. So right now, Bucks still up 16 to nine on the Eagles. We'll keep you updated on that one. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive. Let's turn our attention to Dan Graziano. Kind enough to join us from Buffalo, New York. He was at this Bills Steelers game. Hey, Dan, thanks for your time. Let me start with the weather there, because obviously we've been talking about the weather in Buffalo for like 72 hours and the game did happen. There wasn't snow on the field. There was a heck of a lot of snow in the stands even though apparently people had been paid 20 bucks an hour to shovel it. I don't, I don't quite, I guess you can't shovel all that snow. It's too much. How did you feel about the weather throughout this game? Did it impact anything? No, I don't think so. And if they had played yesterday, it would have, because yesterday we had like the, the high, high wind, like the 40, 50 mile an hour wind gust and the driving blowing snow. So today it didn't snow. I mean, it was about, you know, 15 to, to 18 degrees throughout the game. So I was glad I wasn't playing in it. But, um, no, I, I think it was a much better uh, situation 
to my hotel, which is downtown Buffalo, and just remarking at how much more snow they got here in Orchard Park, 13 miles away, than they did in downtown. So uh, they, I think they did what they could. There was a driving ban in effect until like the wee hours of this morning, so they couldn't really get people to the stadium to shovel it out. So I don't know. I thought it was kind of a miracle. It looked as good as it did, honestly. How was the travel ban? Were you able to leave the hotel at all? And if you weren't, how many times did you hit up room service? <laughs> well, Ian, the problem is, like, the travel ban meant that other things near the hotel were not open because people couldn't get their employees to come uh, work. So it was. there's one sports bar that's a block away from the hotel in downtown Buffalo where uh, we had a very nice time watching games the last couple of nights and eating wings and, uh, and were able to walk back without um, the wind blowing us into the street. So it was... Um, <laughs> It was an odd experience these last three days. Uh, there's no question about it. My producer, Brian Craney, uh, actually we tried to walk two blocks to where we were doing our live shots yesterday, and uh, the wind actually knocked him over. So uh, he called the camera guy who came and picked him up. And uh, it, was, uh, it, it was that kind of a couple days. But we made the best of it, and um, we seem to have gotten through it. And I look forward to being back in Buffalo next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and thank goodness oh, for Buffalo Wings. I think that's what we've learned right. here. Dan Selfish Graziano, Good job, Dan Graziano uh, joining us. So I, tell me about Josh Allen's performance in this one. I mean, it seemed electric. He seemed once again, like the best player yeah. on the field at times. What did you make of it? Yeah, really, really exceptional performance. I mean, the, the two touchdown passes and then the touchdown run, the 52 yard touchdown run uh, in the first half. And, 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 you know, just stuff like the, you know, the throw, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, across the body when he was running, running through the sideline. Like, I mean, just, it was a big, and, and honestly, great because, right? That's the thing with uh, the turnovers, but there weren't any tonight. So, um, about as good as it could be. And you don't blame any of his teammates have that, that they, they want him to, they want to get better at sliding. They, they don't, they don't like him, you know, put himself in harm's way, but, they all sort of laugh and say, well, that's just Josh, and we're not going to change him. So I don't think they want to when he's playing like he did tonight. At the end, Brooke Pryor uh, asks Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers, a question. She gets to the word contract. He walks off the podium. Yeah. That was very un-Tomlin-like. What was your reaction when you saw it, and what do you read into it? Well, I read into it is that, as Brooke pointed out, in the part of the question she actually got to ask, uh, he only has one year left on his contract, and that's a very unusual situation for Mike Tomlin. In the past, they've extended him with two years left. So uh, there is something going on. I think there's been talk of an extension, and it may be that that's where it lands. But there's also a lot of speculation around that situation that he could be, he could do kind of what Sean Payton did, you know, a couple years ago with New Orleans, kind of walk away, take a year off, and resurface somewhere else. So there's a lot more mystery around the Steelers' head coach situation than we are accustomed to, which is to say, you know, any at all, uh, because it's, uh, it, it's one of the most rock-solid, uh, you know, jobs in, in all of sports. But uh, I don't think Mike Tomlin is in danger of being fired after winning 10 games with that roster. But uh, it does seem like there's at least some level of uncertainty over his contract status and, uh, and whether he might actually be the one that, uh, that decides he wants to walk away. So, Add that to the list of things to watch in this offseason of uh, already uh, really kind of uh, high-level uh, turnover at the coaching head coaching position. 
Yeah, there will be plenty of coaching things to watch this offseason. There will also be in Pittsburgh a quarterback thing to watch as well because Mason Rudolph started this game, one of several starters, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. What do you expect them to do at the quarterback position moving forward, Graz? I mean, Kenny Pickett's only two years in, so they really don't have to do anything with him. They could, they could conceivably give him another year with a new offensive coordinator and see if that works. Uh, but I do expect them to at least poke around because obviously the fact that Mason Rudolph was your playoff quarterback when Kenny Pickett was healthy indicates that, that you don't think Kenny Pickett is your is your long-term answer at the position. So even if it's a matter of bringing in a veteran or somebody to compete with him or maybe even somebody to replace him, I, I do think the Steelers are one of the teams that you should expect to see in the quarterback market this offseason. You also talk to everybody around the league, Graz. What do you make of the situation in Dallas and the future of the Dallas Cowboys, whether it's uh, the head coach or whomever it may be? Yeah, I, I think there's reason to wonder about the head coach because of how badly yesterday went, right? So, like, I know that the Cowboys' ownership has been very happy with the job Mike McCarthy has done. He's won 12 games three years in a row, and you know, go back four or five months, what were we all saying? Like, McCarthy took this offense over. He said he was going to put his stamp on it. If it doesn't work, it's on him. It did work. They had a wonderful offense. Dak Prescott had maybe the best year of his career. So that all factors in as well. However, another very disappointing early playoff exit. And if you are Jerry Jones and you assess that the reason you can't get over the hump in the playoffs is because of leadership of the head coaching position and you would do better with somebody else, then I think – you know, it's entirely possible you do make that move. So I think it's worth watching. I don't know what Jerry Jones is going to do. I think they were really kind of regrouping and licking their wounds over there today uh, because there's no way they expected that to go the way it did yesterday. So I think in the next couple of days we'll get a little bit of clarity on this, but I would not uh, I would not feel 100% safe right now if I were Mike McCarthy. I know we're waiting for clarity on all fronts, but when it comes to Dak Prescott's contract extension, do you think there's questions there about whether he's going to get it too? Uh, I think it's possible they could make him play it out, but you got to remember, like, Dak has incredible leverage. His, his cap number next year is, is massive. I think it's in the high $60 million. And uh, so they're going to have to, if nothing else, they're going to have to extend it even with a couple more dummy void years to get that cap number down and spread it out. But, Dak has one year left on his deal. He has a clause in the contract that prohibits them from using the franchise or transition tag on him. So that takes away even more leverage that they would have. He has a no-trade clause. So Dak will really get to dictate that. If the Cowboys want to play hardball and make him play it out, he can say to them, tough, like you're going to have to wear this $60-plus million cap number because I'm not going to do anything unless you extend me. So it really depends on how amenable he's going to be to working with them on that, uh, but if, if he and his representatives want to play hardball, they are the ones that have the cards here. You've got Kansas City in their first road playoff game outside of the Super Bowl next week, right there in windy, frigid Buffalo. How much would it take, or what would it take, for you to do a Sports Center hit, skinned off, shirtless, right there on the field? <laughs> shirtless. Shirtless. I don't know. It's cold out here. I did see while we, while we, we did our pregame hits in the parking lot today because they wouldn't let us on the field because they said they were clearing it off. So I, I did see some stuff. I saw a guy walk by in, in nothing but a an American flag speedo. Uh, what? Yeah, again, it's degrees. Like you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know, these people are a little different. 
I would not do that. I think uh, <laughs> I, even if I'm here in the summer for training camp, I'm not sure America's ready for that. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think I'll leave it to the fans and just sort of enjoy chronicling it. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. Thanks, Graz. My pleasure. There was even a couple Dolphins fans at that Kansas City game, Ian, that were shirtless. There was two men in Dolphins gear that were shirtless in that stadium. Negative 37 degree wind chill. I'll never understand that person. Like, what's the point? I mean, we know you're going to get on television, and and that's that's the that's that's about it. Other other than that, what, what's the what's the point of? I don't. I do not understand. I don't understand the point of these guys who refuse to wear sleeves who are playing in the game. Like, I do not think you're any tougher because you didn't have sleeves on, Tyreek, when we needed you to be performing your best. They put I Vaseline on their arms. I know that that's, answer. It keeps the okay. heat in. But also, just, yeah. just put on the damn sleeves. Coming up next here. <laughs> what teams are already massive underdogs in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. have failed Ian. you and i have failed as a show not with our nfl picks you're doing a great job of that here for a radium pick'em challenge in the postseason so far we have failed in paying attention to the show within the show tonight where rachel robinson on the ones and twos she plays the music as we come in from break and she does so with a theme and you and i are pretty terrible about remembering what the songs are (laughs) and guessing the theme we finally got one last week when peter burns was in for you yeah. Um, we actually drilled one. It was, it was weather related uh, with uh, oh. the frigid Arctic air coming in to most of the country. Uh, yes. Where I'm, where, yeah. So that was uh, yeah, Rachel always try, yeah. tries to make it timely. I yeah. got no damn clue tonight. None. So give us a rundown, Rachel. See if anybody else can figure this out. What do we got? You guys should just be happy that I have to keep a log of this anyway. All right. So we're going to go starting off with the Stray Cats, Rock This Town. Then yep. we went Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Snoop Dogg, drop it like it's animals. hot. There you go. Good job. I told you you'd get it. I was going to go Rocky, so I'm glad you went Rocky. animals. <laughs> I have the tiger. That's where my mind went. I also I'm like, had Baby Shark all in the Rocky there? movies? Baby Shark was one. Uh, I oh, even wow. made it a little easier and had two songs named Animal in, uh, ro- in the run. Rocky would have been tough uh, with Baby Shark. That, that, that yeah. would have been a tough song. That wasn't going to mix. All right. Animals was the theme tonight, Amber and Ian. You can find him. At Ian Fitz, ESPN. She's dumbing chance, it down. Ian. Yeah, because she knows exactly. how bad we are at this. <laughs> at Amber W Sports. You've now gotten a couple, at least. I never get the music theme, ever, ever. Uh, apparently, music, not my thing. Tonight, the Bucks. they have a thing. They are beating the Eagles right now at the half. 16-9, to nine, Baker Mayfield, 11-24, of 24, 174 yards passing, and a tutty. Jalen Hurts, 14-20, of 20, 165 yards passing, and a tutty. It's a little weird. When Jalen Hurts' numbers don't look any better at all than Baker Mayfield's numbers. But really, this entire game, I have felt like Tampa's in control. Although the Eagles did make a late push at the end of the half and actually seemed to wake up and come alive a bit. Yeah, they looked tired to start this game. Absolutely tired. And then Devontae Smith comes up with a big grab up the right boundary. He's got four catches in the first half alone for 111 yards. So that Bama connection... Uh, and I know Oklahoma fans where Jalen Hurts finished up, I'm well aware, but they were a connection uh, at Alabama also. Um, they, they started clicking. Baker Mayfield's had two big drops, one by Mike Evans that would have gone at minimum 
to the Eagles' 6-7 yard line. If he breaks a tackle like he does so often, he might have scored. And it was a bomb, about a 50-yard bomb from Baker Mayfield. Evans dropped that. And then Kate Otten dropped a surefire first down on third down where he might still be running right now. He would have split both safeties. Uh, so those two big drops by Tampa are part of the reason why the Eagles got some life. And it should be 16-10 to instead of 16-9. to But they kicked an extra point. Penalty on the Bucks. Then they go up the tush push and turn Jalen Hurts sideways, then grabbed his face mask, which wasn't called, but that's neither here nor there. I, I don't understand why you chase points that early in the game. I don't give a bleep what that analytics sheet says. I it mean, says last time, that the tush push is effective 100 out of 100. <laughs> that's what it, well, that's probably what it again, says. Again, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't there. And, and you and I were saying this before they went for Like, don't take yeah. the points off the well, board. It, just it just leave it stupid. up there. Last time we checked, you know, you know, you tie it with a touchdown at 16 if nobody else scores. And then the extra point, oh, my gosh, you win the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 16 yeah, to 11. Right. I mean, come on. So I, I, I didn't understand it. I never will. They got but greedy. But neither here nor there. They got yeah. greedy yeah. is what they did. They got greedy. And we're seeing it more and more. It never stops the tush push, right? And so they have gotten comfortable with this idea that nobody can stop it. And the Bucks found a way to stop it now. Maybe not a completely legal way to stop it because it, there did appear to be a bit of a face mask involved. Nevertheless, you turn Jalen Hurts sideways from the goal line and bada bing, bada boom. He doesn't score. So that go. is the answer we have found to the tush push. You also need to try to get away with a face mask in that, but that's the answer. And so it got stopped. The Eagles have not been themselves now for, for weeks. And I, or maybe this is who they have been, frankly. Maybe this is themselves now when the departure of five starters on defense after last season and a couple of coordinators and everything else that they lost. But they haven't looked like the team – that started the season with 10 wins and then the wheels fell off down the stretch there and they ended up coughing up the division to the Dallas Cowboys. Tonight hasn't given me a ton of confidence in one half of football so far that they've changed their ways, even if they were to get past the Tampa Bay Bucks, unless they come out here in the second half and do something pretty spectacular. But sure, they could still win this game. It's still a close game. Even if they come out and they end up winning, I'm not going to feel great about their chances no. moving forward. They just don't feel like the same Eagles team we saw in a Super Bowl last season. They just don't. Yeah, as we mentioned, they showed a little bit of life. They still look, as you mentioned, not, not themselves. They started the season 10-1. and 1, They finished 1-5. and 5, And tonight they're 0-4 on third down. That's not an Eagles team that, that we've gotten to know um, or used to know, at least going into Week 12 because they have been a completely different football team. And now we, we, we got a few games set, and some lines are out there also. Mm-hmm. So Houston yeah, the Texans. Line, these lines are ugly, by the way. Woo, I mean, these man. Lines are, especially this one that you were about to read. Houston Texans at Baltimore. Baltimore mm-hmm. coming off the bye as, as the number one seed. They and are Houston a nine. Houston coming off an ass-whooping. An yeah, ass-whooping. Nine-point favorite against the Texans in Baltimore. Wow. That's a big number. It's a big number. That is a big number. Now, I get it. It's the Ravens, but the Ravens have been sitting around. And last time we saw the Ravens sit around on a MVP caliber season for Lamar Jackson, they were super rusty. When they came out in the divisional round, they end up losing that game. The Houston Texans, on the other hand, coming in full of confidence, throwing all over that Cleveland Browns defense. Yeah, that Cleveland I, I, Browns defense was better than that Ravens defense. The Ravens defense is good this season. but It almost feels better. like they're begging you to take the Texans, along with this line also. Green Bay at San Fran. Uh, I saw this last night. San Fran minus 10 against Woo. Green Bay. Woo. 
Give me San Fran. Give me San Fran. This is such a buzzkill. I know these teams aren't aren't caring about these lines from ESPN bet, but this is such a buzzkill if you're the Packers or the Texans because you come in, you take care of business in a way that most people don't expect you to be able to, and then you come in, of course, to your next opponent, and you're huge underdog. Nobody believes in you. Even though you just proved yourself, nobody believes in you in a big There's, way. <laughs> well, this one you're going to like then because the Bills just won by 14. If you had the over, you hit it. Bills covered also against the Pittsburgh Steelers. At home against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bills are just a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Patrick Mahomes and the Chefs. But that's not even getting the home bump, right? Because normally that would be three points. So they're not even getting that credit here for Buffalo. We don't know what it is. This one's got to be hard for odds makers because we don't know what it looks like for Patrick Mahomes to play a playoff game on the road. We've seen him do it 15 times uh, at home. He's never done it on the road. The chips have always fallen right for the Kansas City Chiefs. At now least that's not it. a double-digit fave, right? <laughs> right. Well, that's true. I mean, at least they're expecting they're expecting that game. game to be competitive. I know right now, according to the odds makers and according to ESPN Bet, man, the divisional round is going to be a barn burner. It's going to leave a lot to be desired in terms of action. Of course, things don't necessarily go that direction. Coming up next, things will go in the right direction. Q Myers and Emmett Golden coming up tonight. Actually, I think it's Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Emmett tonight on Game Night.